And we are live from Studio 98 for Episode 6, Season 1 of Down and Dirty. I am your host, Paul Leatherman, back with my basically co-host at this point, Josh Sauls. Josh, how you doing today, bro? What it do? Um, well, I want to go ahead and just jump right into the NBA draft that happened last night. Um, Golden State, uh, they drafted Wiseman at 2. And then they got uh, Nico Mannion with pick number 49. And at that – okay, with Golden State getting Wiseman, they finally have a big man that is going to be able to block shots, score 15 to 20 a game, and defend the rim probably better than uh, 50% of the centers in the league. Uh, Wiseman is a generational talent at center. He is one of the most prolific centers uh, prospects that we've seen since probably, uh, hmm. I'd say, I don't want to say Shaq because I'm sure there's been better centers, but I can't think of one coming out of uh, college that has been this highly touted since Wiseman. Um, Obviously, Minnesota went with Anthony Edwards at number one. I don't hate that pick because they did need depth at two guard and one guard. And then uh, Charlotte, okay, Charlotte panicked in this draft. They got LaMelo because LaMelo was the big name. They didn't get a position that they needed. They could have gotten Obi Toppin. They could have got Isaac Okoro. But they, I feel like they went with LaMelo just because of LaMelo's last name, LaMelo Ball. That is the only reason they went with him. They figured if we let LaMelo slip and he turns out to be a good player, then we're going to look like a joke. I think Michael Jordan panicked and said just pick LaMelo. I feel like Michael Jordan didn't pick it. <laughs> Whoever picked it. I just said Michael Jordan because that's I the know, only I mean, person I know. From a marketing standpoint, it'll probably be pretty, pretty good pick. Marketing-wise, yes. But I mean, for, you, if, you're, if you're the Hornets right now, marketing's all you're really worried about. Like That shouldn't be what you're worried about, though, if you're the Hornets. It shouldn't be, but you can't win, so... <laughs> well, that you should be trying to win. And okay, but, the only good position you have right now on your team is point guard. And you drafted a point guard. Like, that that just makes no sense to me at all. May, I mean, maybe they plan on getting rid of Graham, which I don't know why they would. He's a 22-year-old stud who's uh, who averaged 17-7 and seven last year on a team that really had no business winning any games, and he won them quite a couple games. Um, LaMelo, I like LaMelo. I mean, I think LaMelo's my favorite ball brother. I think the other two suck. Lonzo's uh okay yeah, playmaker. Lamelo is raw talent. Yeah, he is the best out of both of them, and but I think for the longest time he was the undersized one. Yeah, but, I mean like he's been playing up his whole life. That's gonna he's gonna be the best one. But when you have a guy like Lamelo, obviously your team's gonna be better no matter who picks and no matter who you have on your team. My thing with uh Charlotte is this was the only draft where we had more power forwards and small forwards selected than guards, like. It, it was a very forward-heavy class, and that was a position that Charlotte needed to fill. They needed a vers- versatile scoring wing who could shoot the three and play defense and really just be their primary defender. And you could have had a chance by getting that with Obi Toppin or Isaac Okoro, and you let really you let that pick go. The Cavs got Isaac Okoro at five, which is the only time they've gotten a draft pick right since LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. The Knicks got a gift from God with Obi Toppin at eight. I, I'm telling you right now, when it's all said and done, Obi Toppin is going to be in the top three of Rookie of the Year voting this year. He is. He is I think so. He wins it. I don't think it's even close. You don't think it's going to be close. I just think Lamelo has a shot at it. But I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. Obi Toppin is definitely going to be up there 
Cole Anthony falls to number 15, which shocked me. But as bad as North Carolina was, it I, I understand the reasoning for him falling at 15. He didn't get enough national attention uh, talent-wise. It's really not even going to be that close as far as uh, people as far as um like when he like if it can generate over and he can do something for the Magic, I can see the Magic continuing to make the eighth or seventh seed in the East just because the East is weak this year. Uh, Brooklyn's still going to be Brooklyn's going to be a lot better. Let's talk about the Bulls pick, Patrick Williams from Florida State. He was not a starter at Florida State. Um, he was a six man. He averaged, uh, I think, I think it was nine point six points per game. Um, that is the first time in the modern draft era, which is from like nineteen seventy two, I believe, that um, a player who averaged less than ten points in college was drafted in the top ten. Okay, when you have a guy like Williams, he's he has the build to be a really good NBA player. He's not a good player yet. Okay, but if you I, no, take, I, I'm, if you I'm not take, I'm not justifying no, the pick. Yeah, I know. If you want to take guys that have the build and like could be good, yeah, you can do that in the second round. Yeah, you don't do that with the fourth pick. That was stupid. I will say that I was stupid. I was playing devil's advocate on that one, but uh, I didn't want to talk about it because it just it. I don't have anything to say. Like it was just a stupid pick. I mean, I, I think we should talk about it because that's like that's historic right there. Like. Yeah, That's never happened, <laughs> and for good reason. I don't understand like that. I don't know what these other GMs saw, but Obi Toppin was debatably a top the, the first pick. I would have taken him. First. I w- if I was Minnesota, I would have let and if, Edwards slide. Honestly, I probably would have taken him over. I would have. I think I would have taken him over anybody in the draft. Obi Toppin is going to be really I know that, good. I know that James Wiseman fits the the mold for the uh, for the Warriors better. Yeah, but I still would have had to be convinced that Obi Toppin wasn't the guy I was taking. James Wiseman in the Golden State is the only top three pick that I like. I think Minnesota took the big name, and I think Charlotte took the big name. I think if you're Minnesota... Well, I think it's hard not to take Anthony Edwards at that point. Like, yeah, he's a he's a true two-guard. You have D'Lo to play same, point. It's kind of the same... I'm going to sound weird when I first start to say it, but it's kind of the same as Zion Williamson. Yeah. Except for Zion Williamson played for a good team. If yeah. Georgia had been good, then everybody would have been like, oh, like we can't take anybody else but other Edwards. Than this guy. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of the same way in, in the fact that everybody's like, this is the best guy in the draft because he got more exposure than Obi Toppin did. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, Obi Toppin was the best player in the draft, and you can't change my mind. No, there, there's really no debate. I mean, Lamelo. I don't even think Edwards is second. I think Lamelo is going to turn out to be a better NBA player than uh, Anthony Edwards, just because Lamelo is going to have a better system around him. Um, Minnesota has famously wet the bed every year that they've had a good draft pick, except for Carl Anthony Towns. Other than that, can anyone name me a notable draft pick that has to had success in Minnesota other than Carl Anthony Towns and Kevin Garnett? I can't. I can't think of a single one. But I'm excited to see how all that pans out. Moving on to uh, college football, Will Muschamp got fired from USC Junior. Um, and then I, I read a report that Tennessee was looking to add him as some part of the staff. Uh, we were talking about it. Uh, we both like him coming to coach linebackers or well, I, at the beginning of the year before 
we realized that our season wasn't going to go this well. Uh, I think it was the first week that we did uh, down and dirty. Um, we were sitting upstairs, and I was like, you know, I really like the idea of Derek Ansley getting a head coaching job somewhere and Will Muschamp being a defensive coordinator here. Yeah, I still stand by that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I see – with our defense, like I, I, I completely see Derek Ansley having a – candidacy for a head coaching job because our defense is like it won't be this year yeah no um, it won't be this year here's the thing i wrote an article about it the other day um south carolina is the most attractive job in college football right now yeah definitely there's probably not gonna be there may be two more sec jobs that open all right mm-hmm. Auburn's not going to fire Gus Malzahn. They literally can't. We talk about Tennessee not having the money to move on from Pruitt. They really don't have that money. They owe him $21 million, and they have to pay it in 60 days. Then they have to pay somebody else to be their new head coach. That's not going to happen. Yep. Um, Tennessee, we may have the money to move on from Coach Pruitt, but after we fire him and pay him the $15 million that we would have to pay, who I, we can't afford to hire anybody, but maybe yeah. me. And I don't know if they can afford me at that point. Yeah, but, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Our so, um, but South Carolina has kind of gone out on a limb and said, all right, he's gone. Let's move on. They also owe him. It was between, I couldn't find the actual number because I read three different articles. They all said a different number. It's between 13 and 15 and a half million dollars that they owe Muschamp. Everybody knows that Hugh Freeze is everybody's top pick right now. He just got that extension. He's not leaving Liberty. No, he's not. Not he's this not. year. Um, if the Auburn or Tennessee job comes open, yes. Yeah. But. He's not leaving right for now, South Carolina. that's not going to happen, though, because they can't afford him. No. When Hugh Freeze leaves Liberty, he's going to get paid $2.5 to $5 million somewhere in there. When he leaves, the school, whoever hires him, has to pay Liberty. The number is not released because Liberty is a private institution. Yeah. But I guarantee you it's upwards of $2 million. There's a new buyout that got added in there that states if he's hired away. And him signing that contract to me looks like he's saying, hey, I'm not leaving here. And if I do, you're going to leave Liberty set up to do well. Yeah, and South Carolina kind of – I feel like this was a panic fire. I it is, but – I don't feel like much champ. It's not, not going to pay off. There's no. nobody to hire right now. No, there's really not. Um, I don't know. I feel that Muschamp should have gotten another year. I don't feel like you should fire anybody in the middle of a pandemic season. I don't think that's a smart move. I don't think we should move on from Pruitt right now. I think if Pruitt has no COVID next year and still doesn't deliver, then you can talk about moving on from him. But as far as right now, I mean, in the middle of a pandemic season, you can't really fire anybody. I wouldn't fire anybody. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a big strain, though, because with it being the pandemic, everybody's down on money and can't make those big money moves that they always make. Yeah. Um, especially because they aren't selling tickets like they used to and all this. Um, the donors at Tennessee, the problem is we told um, the Haslam's to suck our dick. Yeah. Because the, he tried to hire Shiano. Yep. Um, 
and we weren't doing that. No, we refused. Um, there, I mean, there are several guys who could be looking at these opportunities, but I think I don't know how South Carolina succeeds here. Obviously, like I said, there's 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 Hugh Freeze, um, Billy Napier, who is the coach at uh, Louisiana. They're in the top twenty right now, but it's Louisiana. No, it's not that. I mean. He doesn't want to – why would he go from South Carolina to – or from Louisiana to South Carolina? That's a stupid move for him. Yeah. Stay at Louisiana. They're almost a bigger school. I mean, they're they're more successful historically. I'd stay there. Luke Fickle, he has uh, Cincinnati in the top ten right now. He was an Urban Meyer assistant. He's the guy that they thought was going to get the job when Ryan Day got it. He has Cincinnati in the top ten. They are better historically than South Carolina. He's not going to come to South Carolina. He could come to Auburn. He could come to Tennessee. There's a lot of places that Luke Fickle might go. It's not going to be South, South Carolina. Carolina. is not one of them. No. James Franklin, he's 0-4. If he gets fired, you might have a, a swipe at him, but can you afford James Franklin? Probably not. No matter how bad this season is for for uh, Penn State, I don't think you can afford him. No, but that is that is their best bet. Sean Elliott. So far. He was their interim. Um, he went 1-5 and five at South Carolina. I know what he's done at Georgia State, and that's fine. But he's also nineteen and twenty-five at Georgia State, and he's one and five with the game when he was with the Gamecocks as an interim head coach after Spurrier left. That was the guy that Spurrier wanted to be the coach, and it's kind of a Pruitt situation. He was not ready for that, and they said, "Yeah, we're going to go in a different direction." Yeah, Bill for Muschamp's real. Chilling over here, we're going to go get him. Yeah. Um, Jamie Chadwell, he's the coach at um, Coastal Carolina. That's a big name there um, because it's right down the road. He is 15 and 16 at Coastal Carolina, and seven of those wins are this season. There's a big hire. Yeah. Um, and then Steve Sarkeesian. And if I was Steve Sarkeesian and South Carolina called me, I would laugh at them. Yeah. Why would you leave Alabama? He's probably getting paid more as the offensive coordinator at Alabama than South Carolina will be able to pay him. Yeah. I'm, and you're in a way better position to win. Uh. Moving on a little bit, Ole Miss at Texas A&M postponed due to COVID. Uh, basically, Texas A&M needs to get their shit together, more or less. That's their second two, straight game. Yeah, two consecutive games. That's a big deal. Yeah, got to get that down. And it's been on them both times. It's not It's not that Tennessee had some and they had some. We had zero. Ole, yeah, or that Ole Miss had some and they had some. Ole yeah. Miss has zero. So. Yeah, it's A&M completely. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have this on my sheet, but – uh, Philip Former got a contract extension for two years. Was it two years extension? Yeah, and people are mad. And... Well, I don't know why. <laughs> Other than the football team, our athletic department is going perfect. Literally, here's how it is. Okay? For one, he did not get a raise, so you can't be mad that they gave him more money. If he gets reti- if he is retained at the end of the year in December, then he will get a $150,000 raise, but he waived that raise. He doesn't get it. Yep. Um, he gets that every year anyway. That's already in his contract. Um, everybody wants to move on from our head coach. For one, they're mad because a couple weeks ago he said that he fully supported our coach. This is not our first rodeo. We know what it's like when a coach is about to get fired. Peyton Manning came out and said he fully supported Butch Jones and he was gone at the end of the year. And if you think Peyton Manning's money and opinion didn't influence that, then you're a joke. Um... Phil Fulmer is the most influential person in our athletic department. Not necessarily 
associated with our athletic department because I still think Peyton and a lot of other people um, have a lot of influence. But Phil Fulmer inside of our athletic department has the most influence. You want that guy to be here long term. And if we do fire Pruitt and he goes and tries to hire a new coach, what's he going to tell him? It's like the whole reason that Pruitt got an extension. Pruitt got an extension with really no raise at the beginning of the year for recruiting. Yeah. He got an extension so that he could say, yeah, look, one way that he would have put it is, or that he could have put it, hey, um, yeah, I'll be here until you're a sophomore, but after that, I don't really know what's going on. Now he got the extension, hey, I'll be here until you're a senior unless I get fired. Yeah. It's a totally different thing for Phil Fulmer. If he goes and tries to fire or hire somebody after he fires Pruitt, if he does, hey, uh, Hugh, listen, Hugh Freeze, I really want you to come here. Um, I'm only going to be here through December, so I need you to sign the dotted line pretty quick. Um, after that, don't know who your boss is going to be. Might be me, might be somebody else. So we'll figure it out. And See, like, why is that a problem? Why why do people get mad about that? Like, you need that if you're gonna if you're gonna go down the road of hiring a new coach, you have to have somebody to hire him. Yeah, and really, if you other than football, everything else is flourishing. And baseball are, is top five recruiting class. Basketball's ranked in the top fifteen in the preseason poll. Rick Barnes is debatably the best basketball coach in the SEC behind John Calipari. Um, our softball I think he's better than Calipari. X's and O's wise, no question. Just Calipari has a better resume, obviously. He's a better recruiter because he pays people. Yeah, I mean, but can't, it, I mean, <laughs> can't prove that. But it is what it is. They can prove that they just don't want to. Yeah. Um. But and we have a terrible track record with with athletic directors. Why would you not want to retain this guy? And what makes me mad is like when we got. Fulmer, everybody acted like we were supposed to win a national championship his first it's year. Right I, now, right now, everybody's just mad because we're losing games, which is going to happen. We know that. And you really. And we just have to find something to be mad about because we don't, we can't. The other things aren't working. You can still be mad at Garantano for losing games, but it's not Garantano's fault, and that's been proven. Yeah. I mean, we saw in the Arkansas game, Garantano is our best option at quarterback right now. Absolutely. It's not even close. Mauer's not there. Shrout and, is not even on the team. And let's let's be honest. Yeah, by the way, I found out that Shrout didn't travel to Arkansas. Um, so there's that. Hmm. Was um, he hurt? No. He's just... Um, <laughs> yeah. He's okay. Poor Shrout. Yeah. Um, anyways... Um, here I want to see Harrison Bailey, and I want to build for the future. That's fine. That's great. That's that's an awesome plan. Obviously, we saw that he wasn't ready to play, and he needs more playing time if he's gonna be ready to play. Here's the deal. I want him. I want Pruitt to say we're starting JG on Saturday. Here's why. First of all, just because one guy starts doesn't mean that another guy's not gonna play off the bench. And I don't think we see a game this year, the rest of the time, that both of them don't play. Yeah. Whether it's because there's garbage time or because, you know, we're going to make a change, you know, to get a spark and, you know, play two quarterbacks. At this point, all bets are off. It is what it is. Um, But I don't – J.G. is the last – is before J.G., the last quarterback to beat Auburn for Tennessee – was T. Martin. It was over 20 years ago. No 
Tennessee quarterback has consecutively beaten Auburn on the road. The last person to beat them consecutively was T. Martin. Peyton Manning didn't even do that. At this point, he beat them the last time, and it was a lot to do with J.G. Yeah. J.G. made incredible throws against Auburn. Coach Pruitt even said the other day that he had the best game of his career career at Tennessee at Auburn. Yeah. So, first of all, he he beat them last time. Pruitt has their number. Why not? Like, I don't want to see Harrison Bailey start this game. I would love to see two trot out there to start the game. And I'd love to see him finish the game and have a good game. And and you can be mad that we don't have some. We said this before, and we'll say it again. You can be mad that we don't have somebody else to play, but you can't be mad that the best quarterback's going out there to play. Yeah. Like, he is very clearly the best one that we've got. There's no question about that at this point. Yeah, and you can be mad that he's the best that we got because I'm, I'm right. mad that he's that, the best right, that we right, like. Right. The fact that he is our best talent that we or overall quarterback on the roster pisses me off too. But he's – I mean, I can be as mad as I want, but he's still the best quarterback on our yeah, roster. Yeah, like there's no change in that. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to dive in more on the Tennessee-Auburn game. But just stay around. You're listening to Down and Dirty. The Down and Dirty podcast is brought to you exclusively by Hot Takes. Tune in to our podcast at Hot Takes on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and many others. And find us on Twitter at Hot Takes 98. Check us out. And we are back with more Down and Dirty. Uh, Tennessee-Auburn at 7 o'clock on ESPN. They play this Saturday. Uh, Pruitt has already announced that he is not going to name a starter for Saturday, which, I mean, we talked about a little bit before the break. Uh, I don't know why he's not announcing Jared Garantana. Um, But I can honestly see Pruitt starting Harrison Bailey. And let me tell you why I can honestly see that. He said all last week of practice and all this week of practice – that Harrison Bailey, I mean, one one day he literally said that the quarterbacks have had the best practice what, they've had all year. What he meant. And Garantano what wasn't even practicing. Meant, what he meant was that Brian Maurer and Harrison Bailey had a better practice combined with the receivers. That he, he said the quarterbacks had a better day of practice than they've had. He came out and said later, that's not what he meant. So... He basically said he hates getting tanner. No, I'm no, just kidding. No, he didn't. I'm he, he said that Harrison Bailey and Brian Maurer and JT, with the receivers, had the best practice that they had had. And uh, he also said that uh, Weidman and everybody, all those young receivers that we have are actually getting right. reps, which is Hyatt, huge. Weidman. Holiday, people like that. Um, yeah. That was Monday this week. Yeah. That he said that. I'm not sure why he wouldn't have named JG the starter. I mean, he's going to like. Be, do he not, should. I, like, he I, should start. And and everybody. I mean, that's why is because everybody's gonna be mad. Yeah. And, and so he just don't want to hear everybody's bullshit. So he's just gonna do it in the game. Yeah. And then you don't have he, to hear. Anybody he knows. Say a word. He doesn't have to hear anybody say a word. He, they'll be at Auburn. Nobody's gonna boo. Yeah. Matter of fact, they'll probably clap. So. Yeah. I mean, he may not go with JG. I think he is. He may go with Harrison. He just doesn't want to hear people's shit. Like, he knows who he's starting. I guarantee you he knows who he's starting at quarterback. Honestly, at this point, if he announced Harrison, people would probably be mad at him. Yeah. Why the hell are you playing a freshman? Well, who the fuck do you want me to play? He did I mean, release a uh, depth chart. Yeah. And it had... JG the It top. either had JG 
as the lone starter, or it had Her- uh, JG or Harrison Bailey. Yeah, which is it, the way it should be. Yeah, I don't think they talked in the Arkansas game about how um, Cheney, Winky, and Pruitt all said it wasn't even close. The quarterback competition. Yeah, and it, there's no way that it should have been. I mean, JG is a fifth year senior. Harrison Bailey is a basically true high freshman. school kid. Yeah, basically, he's not even a true freshman yet. He is a COVID freshman. Yeah. So he technically got this year of experience, but he didn't even have fall camp. Yeah. Missed 23 days of fall camp. Didn't have a spring at all. So Had two practices the whole year. Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't have a single problem with them not putting Harrison Bailey in. Yeah. I wish we had known all of that before. I mean, part of that was out there, but not all of it. And – Talking about this Tennessee-Auburn game, it really reminds me of everything that was – like the way we're leading up to it, it really reminds me of 2018's upset because we had just come off – what was we had come off a bad loss, like a loss that we should have won, or maybe it wasn't that we should have won. We got blown out. I think it was against Florida. I think we had just got blown out at home by Florida, and the ship was getting a little rocky. We were all really upset. No, we had just got beat by Georgia. That's what it was. We played Georgia, I think. I can't remember – was it off a of bye? You're looking it up, so we'll have that for sure. But um, I think it was off a of bye week. I'm pretty sure it was off a of bye week. But this has also been off a of bye week, not a true bye week, but a involuntary bye week. Um, um. So yes, it was off a of bye week. The two previous games, the week, the two weeks before we lost to Georgia, 38 to 12. It was actually a pretty good loss. I know that there are no moral victories, but yeah, we played good. That. The week before that, we played number seven, Florida. Wait, I want to try and remember the score. Was it 57-21? No, 47-21. 47-21. But we kicked an onside kick and scored a touchdown, two touchdowns late, and we could not tackle them. Yeah. I was at that game in the south end zone, and we could not tackle anybody. No. It looked like middle schoolers versus NFL players. We could not tackle them. Yeah. It was terrible. And I think both teams had like a combined eight turnovers. They just so, capitalized off so theirs. So we went into that game two and three. Our other loss was West Virginia, forty to fourteen. Who was a really good football team that year? Very good. Like debatably top five in the country that year. Yep. So, and we we have a crappy loss on our resume with Kentucky that and South and uh, Arkansas. Yep. Georgia and Alabama are very justifiable losses. Talent. Georgia's not a justifiable loss, in my opinion. Really? I just think defensively. We kicked their ass in the first half. I know. And then we did. Okay. but Exactly. It's not justifiable. Not in the way that Alabama's justifiable. No. I mean, like, you I can saying, justify it in the way that they have more talent than us and it's not even close. That's what the only thing I was saying. So maybe we shouldn't have been in that game at the beginning. But we, but were. we were. Yeah, like we and were if winning. We are in the game at that point. Like where is our halftime momentum? Like we came out of the, we came out in the second half and we act like we didn't want to play anymore. And and how how can you be up winning at halftime on a after after a goal line stand going into the half to retain the lead? Yeah. Over a top 5 team in the SEC on the road and then lose the game. How does that happen? How do you ever do that? I'm not sure, uh, but I would have took a shot the first play of that second half if I if can't. I, why? Don't trust him. Then puts it, that's a whole other discussion for. Well, hell, we can have it if you want. Why are we playing a quarterback we don't trust? Because we don't trust any of them. 
we trust JG the most. How has Pruitt been here for three years and he doesn't have a quarterback you trust yet? Nobody would sign to come here because this place sucks at the moment. And I can't wait for uh, Caden Salter because everybody's like, Chaney, trust Salter. He's recruiting him. Here's the thing. Like, with Winky, it's, it's a tricky situation with Chris Winky right here. Honestly, we know that he's not the guy for the job. He can't, he can't do it. Um, but he has a certain kind of swagger because he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. And at this point, he has recruited Caden Salter, and he's also recruiting Ty Simpson, which is one of the best quarterback prospects in the state probably ever. And we really need to get that kid. And if he is open about how much he likes Chris Winkie, we don't need to fire Chris Winkie and let him go somewhere else. Yeah. And that'll be two more years of that. But hopefully... Harrison I mean, should start next year. I don't year. know. I, I just I don't know how I feel about Chris Winkie. Like, I, I don't think that it's necessary. I still don't think it's his fault. Like, I know that he doesn't have a great track record as a quarterback's coach. Um, he was with the Rams. Jared Goff was booty. He left the Rams. Jared Goff was awesome. Now he's at Tennessee. JG looked like a promising young star. And four years later, JG is probably worse than he was before. Yeah, I would take 2017 JG over 2020 JG. 2017 JG having people blocking for him would be yeah. An, that's what I'm saying. American. Yeah, he was so like, I that was one of the only things that I was happy about watching that Tennessee Alabama game was watching him run. Like he was fast. He was fast as shit in 2017. He's also gained 30 pounds since then of muscle. And he has get gotten beat up bad. Bad. Like, 2018 and 2017, he got killed continuously, consistently. And he still got up, no matter what. Um, Jay, I think it, it's Jalen Buchanan. I think that's his name. Uh, anyways. Balen Buchanan. Balen Buchanan, okay. Uh, he has decided to answer the trans- transfer portal uh he's been injured this whole year and he's, he's been injured for three years yeah and he's complaining about playing time we can't play you if you're not healthy bro I, simple as that uh he's i saw a georgia fan saying that he would like to get he's a good db like he's a solid db healthy he just can't stay healthy so i mean goodbye and good riddance if you don't want to be here then i mean i'm not gonna be like, I mean, no, I like stay. Him. I like, I, him. I like him too, but if you don't want to play here, then don't play here. Like You don't deserve to wear the orange and white if you don't want to play for the I would feel white. the same way about Henry Toto. Like, if you don't want to be here, then, like, we'll yeah. help you leave. Like, we'll help you go somewhere else. But if you don't want to be here, then don't. Goodbye and good riddance. Yeah, that's it. That's for anybody. That's These hands are ready to eat for everybody. Uh, Okay, so if JG starts, do you th- – I think if JG starts, he's going to have a Auburn, a twenty eighteen Auburn game. I think he's going to win us the game. I don't think at this point it is. And if JG starts, we all know what's going to happen. Yeah, when um, JG you can, starts, you can be mad about it. You can be happy about it. You can have whatever feelings about he's it. He's the best want, quarterback he's on the roster. He's the best quarterback that we've got at the moment. Um, he does a lot of things. He'll probably be back next year. Yeah, he won't start next year. There's no way but he'll, he'll probably start. be here. He'll be here. He won't. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Dude, we need – He is such a good guy to have in the quarterback room. In my opinion, I want to have about five guys, five quarterbacks next year. Who? JG? I don't care. I don't care. Oh. I don't care. So, I mean, based off how I'm feeling, if we do care. have five guys, it'll be JG, Salter, Bailey, Shrout, and Maurer. No, not those two. 
You don't think Shrout and Mauer will be? Well, I mean, who, who, who? There's no other five. Shrout didn't tra- didn't travel to Arkansas. Yeah, he's out. Probably there will be a grad transfer quarterback at some point. Four or five. We'll say four or five. Probably four. Um, I don't think Mauer's gonna stay. Why would he? He he's not gonna be able. To, he's not gonna get a chance to play. Unless, I mean, he uh, might get to this year, and if two people get injured, uh-uh. he'll play over Shrout. Oh yeah. Yeah, I said if two if JG can't play and Harrison can't go, but next year it's not going to happen. But if J if JG does get hurt, why not throw Bailey in? Like that should not even be a discussion after that. Like if JG can't play, Bailey should be the only person you're playing right now because we're not playing for anything. And like I just said, I mean Brian Mauer's not a part of our future. No, he'll be like Arkansas. Stay here as long as he wants to, but. He's never going to get a chance to play. He proved that even further. I mean, I don't think there was any. He blew it in the Arkansas game. I don't think there was any reason to throw him in at Arkansas, honestly. I think we should have gone straight to Bailey. I wrote it in my game notes right here. Um, Let me see it. Um... Let's see. Changing quarterbacks is clearly not going to make a difference, at least not a good one. All three played against the second worst opponent we have had and lost because JG wasn't in. We have winnable games left, and I'd rather the best option be in. Um, Mauer should have run the ball in third and eight. Instead, he just threw it away, had all day, and had likely a 15-yard run. That's just an absence of awareness at that point. Um, whatever I wrote was somewhere along the lines of we went to Bailey way, 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 way too late. And there was no chance that Bailey could have turned anything around like in clutch time in the fourth quarter. There's no way. And I just want to say this about Harrison Bailey. Okay. Say you're at a job, right? And your job is to make files for people. And the person in front of you has been doing this job for five years. And they've been talking around the company like, hey, we're really excited to have you here because this person sucks, okay? But this person has been nothing but good to you, and it's just really helped you out trying to figure out how to file these papers. But you've not really had any experience yet. And all of a sudden, you're in the middle of one of the busiest days, and that person just disappears. And you get thrown into the fire. You're probably going to make some fucking mistakes. You're probably going to look for your safest option. You, everybody's like, why did he hit the check down six, six times in a row? Because that's the offense. That's the offense. You look that's, for your first read. And that's why I don't want a change at quarterback. All that he did when he was in there was check it down. That's exactly what Pruitt said. That's exactly what Chaney said. He did a great job checking it down. Love to see him throw it deep. Um, he didn't do anything different than what JG does every single game. So what's the difference? They, the only difference is they let him throw it more than they let JG throw it. And really, I like the fact that they let Harrison throw it. Like I, I was so pissed when they put him in for that first drive. Here's what I'm and it was about. eight straight handoffs. Here's was, what I, counted I don't them. understand. Why, if JG, if you don't trust JG to throw it, okay, and he gets hurt and he goes out of the game. By the way, the only mistake that JG made in the entire game, you can't change my mind, was trying to jump over that guy. That's the he should have he should have went down. Yeah, he's still uh, he's still trying to sacrifice his body for no reason. And he's like at a certain point, you have to be aware that you're the best option. Yeah, and you can't do that. There's a reason that uh, what's his face slides every time he runs the ball. Uh, Pat Mahomes, because if they 
if he gets hurt, they're the Chiefs are done. Yeah. So, um, well, I don't know because he got hurt last year and they won a Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes played all throughout the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs he played. He got hurt during the season. Yeah, but they they're fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it's facts. Um, no, but what I'm mad about is. Why, if you don't trust JG to throw the ball, then you put Brian Maurer in and he throws the ball four times in two drops? Three yeah. Drops? So it's not. He's a running quarterback, like 100%. People call people dual threat quarterbacks because they can run. It doesn't have anything to do with their passing ability. I don't think Brian is a great passer. No. Like he's. Eh, all right. He has a good arm. But my question is, you put that guy in, he doesn't run the football. He did he I think he ran the ball once and he threw the ball four times. And then he yanked his ass. He should have yanked yeah, his ass. I mean, very respectful. Again, I yank. mean, like I said on that thing on the game notes, it It should have went JG Bailey. They had a third and eight. Yeah. He had all day to throw. Mm-hmm. There's nobody open. He threw it out of bounds. You are a running quarterback. Get your ass out of Up the, the field <laughs> and slide when you get a first down. There's at least 15 yards on a third down and eight. Yeah, because they weren't. Take it. They didn't QB spy. They him. were handing it to you. Yeah. They said it was like Paul. Run to the other side of that room right now. Yeah. Okay. Like go run, and then you're like, I really don't want to. Paul, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you run to the other side of that room. Nah, you can nah. keep it. Like, what? What? Why? Just, Why? just go. I'm not even going to stop you. Just yeah. run. Yeah, they couldn't. You're too fast. Like, you're fast as shit, Brian. Go for, go get your first down. You literally were in the game for four uh, drives, and your only first down came from a defensive penalty. That that can't happen. You blew it, Brian. Like, I, I was sitting here wanting you to play. And, but you're done here. Like your your time's I didn't over. Say that I was right. But you were. I, I mean, right. I'm on a roll of being wrong. I mean, my pickums last week was like my oh week oh for last six. Week was fantastic. Yeah, you were like five and one, four and two, or five and one. I was over six. They're not last week. Two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah, we didn't really give a shit if Tennessee didn't play. That's just how we be. I don't know. I'm really excited that they're actually playing a game. I'm pumped. I think we. This is the first time in a while that I've been excited to watch us play football. I was not excited to watch us play Arkansas because I just knew something stupid was going to happen. But now there's a possibility of Harrison going to be able to play, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to pick them, your favorite part of the show, our favorite part of the show, so stick around. The Down and Dirty Podcast is brought to you exclusively by Hot Takes. Tune in to our podcast at Hot Takes on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts and many others, and find us on Twitter at Hot Takes ninety eight. Check us out. And we are back with Down and Dirty, our favorite segment, Pick'em. Uh, first game, number ten, Wisconsin at Northwestern. On I think Northwestern's ranked. I didn't write down the rank. I'm pretty sure they're like twenty first or twentieth. Um, I can't. I, I, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm. Are they? I, well, I thought I put them on my game. I can't remember if they're ranked or not. I'm pretty sure they're ranked. Keep talking. Uh, ABC 330. Wisconsin's a 7.5-point favorite. I'm going to go with Northwestern upsetting Wisconsin at home. Uh, I think Northwestern is a very weird team, and I think that they're going to play their best football. And Wisconsin's not shown me anything that makes me want to pick them. So I'm going to go Wisconsin. uh, I'm going to go Wisconsin by 
at least seven. I thought you were saying that you thought. I mean, Northwestern by at least seven. Yeah. I'm sorry. They are number 19. 19? Okay. Um, Northwestern's really up and down. Like, they'll have two good years and then one terrible year, and then they'll have two more good years. Like, yeah. Every time. Um, they, so far, what's their record? They undefeated. They got to be undefeated. Uh, 4-0 so far, but I think Wisconsin's really good. That freshman quarterback, um, sure would like to have him. Um, sir. Um, yeah, I've got Wisconsin all day. Where would we be without diversity? Thanks. Be boring. Uh, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Um, ABC 730. Oklahoma's a favorite for some ungodly reason. I do not understand. I have I no idea why. I was writing my script, too, and I was like, what in the hell? Why are they favorited? No idea. Um, maybe because they're at home. That's the only thing I'm going to assume. But home really doesn't matter during COVID. Uh, I'm going to go Oklahoma State by 21-plus. Like, Oklahoma State's going to run the ball down their throats. I don't see Oklahoma even making it to halftime. Right there with you. Not even not even got anything to say. I am giving the exact same answer. Uh, this one's going to be fun. Number nine, Indiana at number three, Ohio State on Fox at noon. I don't know why that's a noon game. I could not tell you why that's, it's a noon game. That's the Big Ten's big game. Oh, yeah, they it's big a, noon. noon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State is a 20-and-a-half – or, I mean, Ohio State is a 20-and-a-half point favorite. I'm going to let you go first. Of course you are. Um, I think it'll be closer than 20 points, but and I like Indiana a lot. I think they're a really good football team. I think that even with a loss, they have a chance at a – um, college football playoff berth, possibly. Because if they have a loss, it's going to be this game. Um, no matter how much I like them, though, I just don't think they have enough. Um, again, you know, I like them, and I think that they have a really good shot to maybe win it. It's kind of like um, Tennessee, Georgia, in my opinion. Like, we shouldn't have been in that game, but we were, and we could have won it. So... They could win it. I mean, Notre Dame surprised Clemson. Um, yeah. Surprised everybody but me, actually. Um, because I'm a god. But, um, yeah, I've got Ohio State. Yeah, uh, I'm picking Ohio State just uh, based off talent. I don't think Indiana is there yet talent-wise with Ohio State. Yeah, like it's it's going well for them. But yeah, they're it, getting there. Talent-wise, it's, they're not it's there. questionable. Yeah. Uh, NC uh your favorite football team other than Tennessee and Marshall, Liberty Big at facts. NC State um, on ESPN 3, 730. NC State's the favorite. Uh, I'm going to take Liberty still. I'm going to take Liberty upsetting NC State. Uh, Liberty's quarterback is probably better than any quarterback we have on our roster. No, not probably. He is better than any quarterback we have on our roster. Do you remember who I said he was better than last week during the game or two weeks ago during the game? I do not. Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, and that's foolish, but hey. No, it isn't. It's debate. I mean, it's debatable, but it's not foolish. Like, he plays exactly like him, and I think he can throw the ball better than he can. He's a, And he's not just a straight-up Liberty guy. Like, he's a transfer from Auburn. So he was a 
four-star SEC quarterback. Yeah. That didn't get a chance to play because Bo well, Nix is a person. Lamar Jackson's a MV, an NFL MVP. He is excelled at the highest okay. level in football. Who says that Malik Willis won't be an MVP? We don't, but as of right now, I'm not going to tell you that a Liberty quarterback or even a four-star I'm SEC quarterback. Him. Big stock in him. Okay. Are you taking Liberty as well, I'm assuming? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even really need to ask. Uh, I think it'll be tough to um, to find that swagger again um, after just doing that two weeks ago to Virginia Tech. Sucks that they had to play on the road both of those games. Yeah. Um, if they could have played that at home, I feel like it's no doubt a Liberty win. But And I just want to say I think it's so funny Virginia Tech lost because their coach called a timeout to ice the kicker and their team blocked it and returned it to win the game. Hilarious. That's so funny. That is so freaking hilarious. Uh, Appalachian State at Coastal Carolina. Um, I only called this. I only put this one on here because uh, Appalachian State four and one, and uh, Coastal Carolina is undefeated. Uh, Coastal Carolina is a five and a half point favorite, but I'm calling for the upset. I'm going to take App State uh, by seven. Um, there was a game earlier in the year. Coastal Carolina was favored, I think, by 14 playing against Georgia State. On college game day, they uncharacteristically called that game because Coastal Carolina at the time was 5-0 and and taking the world by storm. Yeah. And um, Lee Corso made the call that Georgia State was going to upset Coastal Carolina. Do you know what the final score of that game was? It was bad. It was like 52-7. to I don't it? remember. I turned it off at, uh, in the third quarter when they were up 52 to nothing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Coastal Carolina all day. Ooh, CCU, okay. Uh, we've really not been that different this week, Josh. It's We disagreed on Wisconsin, and then we've agreed on everyone up until this one. There should be a, there should be an outright winner. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee at Auburn. Uh, I'm going to go last, so you can go ahead and make I your pick. I still haven't decided, man. Listen... I think we've found out who our quarterback is, so that's a good thing. We don't have any uncertainty about how we feel about our quarterbacks. We know who the best is, is the best, and we know that Harrison Bailey is still probably not ready to play. Um, whether he will or not is a different story, but he's still not SEC caliber ready to play. Um, Auburn struggled all year. Um, Should have lost to Arkansas. We should have beaten Arkansas. So, I I hate myself. Tennessee. Fuck. Tennessee. Um, this is the first time on my show I'm ever going to pick the other when Tennessee is playing somebody. Uh, oh, maybe it'll be like November the 7th. Yeah. And you'll just be flat out wrong about everything, and I'll be right on everything. I hope so. I hope I am wrong when I say this, but I think Auburn's going to win solely because I know what Tennessee is. Um, I don't think we have a, I mean, we have a big chance to win. Like, this is probably the second most of a chance that we have the rest of the year other than Vanderbilt. Um, I just don't see it happening and I hope I'm wrong. I pray to God I'm wrong. I just don't really see us closing the game out. I think we may be able to play with them for the first half. I just, I hope, like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm like just god awful wrong and we blow them out. I just, I'm not going to pick Tennessee to ever win a game again other than Vanderbilt for the rest of the year. I'll tell I mean, you that now. I don't know. I've, I've picked against Tennessee before, but uh, I just have a feeling this time. And I hope you're right. I had a feeling the last time too, so 
I hope you're right. And I, I don't say I don't have that same feeling. I just know what Tennessee does. Yeah. And they're really good at breaking my heart. So I'm going to say that they break my heart again. So to recap, I'm going with Northwestern, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Liberty, Appalachian State, Auburn. And Josh is going with Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Liberty, Coastal Carolina, and UT. So one of us is going to be really right with our uh, opposing three picks, and one of us is going to be very wrong. And you get to find out Sunday which one that is. And we look forward to talking to you guys again. Thank you for listening to the Down and Dirty Podcast. Josh, your closing words. Um, Go Vols. Peace out. Thanks for listening. And go listen to Hot Takes. Go Big Damn Orange.